The music and musicians at the Royal Chapel. Episode 6, The Flourishing and the Posterity of the Royal Chapel. While Louis XIV was alive, the king's music was rarely heard outside the court, but its reputation stretched well beyond the frontiers of the kingdom. Many foreign princes, visitors and royal guests at Versailles were impressed by the quality of the music, such as Maximilian the Elector of Bavaria, who, on his return from a stay at the court in the spring of 1710, was effusive in his praise of the king's excellent musicians. Some European courts even drew inspiration from the French motet like King Charles II of England. In exile in France to escape the upheavals of the English Revolution, he saw how his first cousin, Louis XIV, used the arts to reassert his authority undermined by the Fronde. In the early 1660s, Charles utilized the Grand Motet as a symbol of power to create a new musical genre, the symphony anthem, which brought to light brilliant musicians such as Henry Purcell, a leading English composer in the latter half of the 17th century. The Concert Spirituel was founded in 1725 by Royal Chapel oboist Anne Danican Philidor in the Tuileries Palace. The institution was very popular with Parisians, offering public concerts and performing La Lande's motets through the Age of Enlightenment. It was not long before it was copied by music academies and concert halls outside Paris. Lalonde's Grand Motet reminded the public of the heyday of the Royal Chapel at Versailles and were very popular throughout the kingdom. The Concert Spirituel featured motets by Louis XIV's favorite music master at virtually every concert. But there was still room for his successors who evolved the genre, such as André Camprat, Nicolas Bernier, Charles-Hubert Gervais, Henri Madin, and Jean-Joseph Cassenet de Mondonville, who came to the fore in 1738. Mondonville was 27 when he first performed as a virtuoso violinist at the Concert Spirituel, also playing his early motets. The following year, he was appointed King's Musician, and six years later, he became Music Master at the Royal Chapel. Brilliant progress indeed. His early motets at the Concert Spirituel were an immediate success, the only ones in the program to rival those of Lalande. At Versailles, the king influenced the choice of music masters. 
1761, the king's music underwent a transformation. Louis XV issued an edict to amalgamate the three music departments, that of the royal chapel, the king's chamber, and the royal stables. The reform offered considerable savings and simplified the running of the king's music. The royal chapel dispensed with its music masters and instead appointed two masters of music. The years went by. Louis XVI ascended to the throne in 1774, but the revolution was already looming on the horizon. One master of music at the royal chapel during his reign was François Giroux, Son of a Paris candlemaker, he was serving as music master at Orléans Cathedral, where he was much appreciated by his superiors. At the age of 38, he applied for the post in the spring of 1775, the year the young king was crowned. Giroud wrote 70 grands motets, an output almost rivaling that of Lalande. He was even appointed superintendent of the king's music in 1780, a prestigious post which he held until 1792. The royal chapel closed its doors on the 6th of October, 1789, the day on which the king and his royal household finally left for Paris signaling a dramatic end to the 79 years of religious celebration in music. With no king, there was no king's music. Giroud lost his job and moved on, ending up somewhat surprisingly as concierge at the Palace of Versailles, the former royal seat. He continued composing, however, but very different music from motets, republican hymns and masonic cantatas of which little remains. His about turn spared him the guillotine. The formal chapel master died in the palace in 1799 on the brink of the 19th century as the Age of Enlightenment waned. <laughs> After 13 years of silence, chapel music rose from the ashes with the advent of the new century, not at Versailles, but in the Tuileries Palace in Paris. The year was 1802 under Napoleon's consulate. The consular chapel, which became imperial after his coronation on the 18th of May, 1804, had eight singers and 27 musicians under the Italian Giovanni Paisello, who was shortly afterwards replaced by Jean-François Le Sueur. The new emperor even had a new chapel built in the Tuileries. With the fall of the empire in 1814, Louis XVIII, grandson of Louis XV and Louis XVI's brother, ascended to the throne. It marked a return of the Bourbons and the return of a no longer absolute but constitutional monarchy. Fond of symbols, Louis XVIII naturally looked to settling at Versailles where he was born. 
He had a lot of work done to the palace. Workmen came in their hundreds to restore the palace to its original glory. However, the move was short-lived. After the 100 Days Campaign in 1815, which marked Napoleon's dramatic but brief return to power, Louis XVIII had to leave, abandoning his dream of Versailles. Music in the royal chapel survived, however, reinstated along with all court music. In 1816, Luigi Cherubini became director of the royal chapel. Born in Florence, he moved to Paris around 1787 after spending several years in London. In 1796, he was appointed inspector of studies at the newly created Paris Conservatoire. Cherubini headed the royal chapel ensemble under Louis XVIII at which time it totaled 40 singers and about 40 to 45 instrumentalists. In 1824, the Count of Artois, Louis XVI's second brother, succeeded his brother Louis XVIII and took the name Charles X. During his reign, Charles-Henri Plantade, a former royal chapel choir boy under Louis XVI, had his motets performed by the king's music and his masses, which proved even more popular. chapel was definitively dissolved during the revolution of July 1830, which removed Charles X, depressed by the definitive end to absolute monarchy. The musicians were dismissed and instruments returned. The royal chapel and its immense repertoire sank into oblivion for almost 150 years, until... Until in the 1990s, the Centre de Musique Baroque de Versailles undertook the study of manuscripts by 17th and 18th century French composers and rediscovered musicians of genius like Lalande. It heralded the revival of early music and the use of period instruments. Three centuries after its heyday in the reign of Louis XIV, the royal chapel was resurrected, attracting the attention of historians and musicologists, then musicians, and the general public. Despite the crowds of tourists visiting the palace, the Sun King Sanctuary has not become a mere museum. It is still a genuine living environment. Musicians go there to work, rehearse, and give concerts. The CMBV Choir, Les Pages et les Chantres draws inspiration from the way the music sounded in the royal chapel towards the end of the reign of Louis XIV. The ensemble includes a children's choir, around 20 high school pupils, and 17 adult singers in vocational training. Every week, Jeudi Musicaux concerts offer the public a chance to hear Les Pages et les Chantres in the royal chapel. 
So the long, rich history of music in the Royal Chapel continues, now more alive than ever. Find out more about the Royal Chapel and the key figures in this episode on xpodcast.cmbv.fr. Discover our archives, videos, interviews, and much more. A Centre de Musique Baroque de Versailles podcast in collaboration with the Palace of Versailles. Narrated by Zachary Wilder, written by Suzanne Gervais, scientific expert Thomas Lecomte, and the production team Olivier Guérin, Pierre Monteil, and Philippe Mercher. Mm-hmm.